Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Today we are back with you and we are kicking off our theme summer. Very exciting. Last summer, if you might recall, we did a whole summer all about the Family Values Tour and all the accompanying albums that went with that tour this summer we said you know what everybody in these bands they're due to take a break sometimes they're due to try other things how about a side project summer side project summer it's on the side and here we are and we're kicking it off with an album that people have asked us about i've heard about an infamous record fieldy from corn solo album Solo debut, Fieldy's Dreams, Rock and Roll Gangster. We're going to talk all about this record. But that is not all. Jenny and I said it's not enough to just listen to this album. No. We got to read. We need to read. And so Jenny... (laughs) By the way... You two took this on yourselves. We did. Maddie sat back and said, I don't read for no man. Well, we said that we'll read for pretty much anyone. Unless that man is Max Cavalera. That's true. That's true. Uh, So Jenny and I uh, both uh, procured a copy of Fieldy's book entitled Got the Life. My Journey of Addiction, Faith, Recovery, and Corn with Laura Morton. We both took some time to read this thing cover to cover. We also see to see? See to see. to see. Cove to cove. We spent a lot of time also texting each other emphatically about things that happened in the book. And we're going to get into it. We're going to get into everything. So this is an all-fieldy app, and I hope you're ready. I hope you're buckled in securely because feel these dreams, feel these nightmares. We're in it. We're in it. But before we get to that, we have got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? Oh, uh, shit. Over... What am I doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> good job. <laughs> uh, over on Twitter, we got a message from Nigel. And he said, so I was re-listening to the Crazy Town, the Gift of Game app, as one does on a Tuesday morning. I forgot that Mr. Matt Nas was not a part of this episode. Ever thought of doing a few short little reboots of some of these old apps to include the OG Roach Rider? Ooh. Yes, the, the infamous I Was in Hawaii episodes. Indeed, Matt. You missed out. And I'm I'm just gonna go off the top of my head on the on the albums that you missed. Was was it three or four apps? I know for sure three of them. If so there's a fourth, I don't know. Okay, so you didn't do Crazy Town. Correct. You did not do Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. N- now I know the other two. Yeah. Okay. You did Machine not Head, do Burning Red. There it is. And uh, Slipknot One. Slipknot. 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 
so i mean are these records that you would like to visit having never visited them before are there things that you've thought about them have you visited these albums in your own free time i would say the only one that i've actually revisited is the first slipknot record Uh, because uh because of the reaction that i had to iowa i was like well you know i never gave that first record a chance and i like iowa best um i don't think i have any fresh takes for the first record i know that eric hankey held down the ones and twos on that but you know let's think about about how we could maybe do those four in a condensed version when we need something for a live show because they're all great records true but not necessarily something that we'd want to redig in for another hour and a half to two hours on just to be honest mm-hmm. but i mean but I mean, they're but if we're doing a live show mm-hmm. you know in the yeah. year 2022 yeah when we can do live shows again absolutely um I mean, plus Jenny. I mean, you are you are dying to dig back into that Crazy Town record just to give it another run through. I I would be curious to revisit and and see how our uh, takes are maybe gentler or more harsh or the same, given that we've done so many episodes now. Well, I I have that. I definitely have that feeling towards Deftones, like some of those early records where I think I was adamantly against. Now that we've done 200 plus of these, would I be so much of a dick? Mm. 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 I think that about myself all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thank you. Thank you for the question, Nigel. Um, Jenny, we got a DM. Who's in the DM? Oh, it's Mike Newton. He says, okay, guys. So I've been debating on whether or not to touch on this subject. But after hearing the latest episode, Soulfly 3, which I loved, really hit me. Korn's self-titled album was arguably what started the new metal genre boom. I'll give them that credit. They took that sound and helped mold it into a genre and push it out the door. But what bothers me is the fact that no one has yet to bring up the two bands that were 100% doing new metal before them, Clawfinger and Downset. No one has recommended them as a papa, and as far as I've heard, no one has recommended them for the show, which just blows my mind. There's no misconception about both of these bands' first album in terms of sound, and if they were or were not technically using the new metal sound. Just give it a listen. Clawfinger was doing new rap metal and released an album a whole year before Korn did. Korn may have been the first to get exposure, but they were in no way, shape, or form the first with the sound. Downset and Clawfinger have to get some love soon. It needs to be known to the fans that these two bands were ripping shit up and deserve to be recognized for what they contributed to the genre before anyone else did. And I feel I should add that these are two bands who are not know-nothings playing itty-bitty shows that no one knew about. Clawfinger was huge in Germany and I believe helped Rammstein get their start. And Downset was one of the first bands to take the Deftones on the road. They're veterans and deserve their moment on the show, hopefully sooner than later. Thanks for all you guys do. Keep on rolling. Keep on rolling, baby. Thank you, Mike. Ooh, we go to the Dean. I have to ask, have we been hit up about Clawfinger? So, I don't know if we've been hit up about Clawfinger. Downset, I feel like... That one I feel like we have, yes. Actually, let me me pull up the long list real quick and just give it a quick skim and see if Downset is on this list. 
That's a control they, F with down. Let's see. They they, they are not. They are, no, no, they are. They are. They are on this list. And according to this, I own it. <laughs> wow. The spreadsheets you, don't lie, baby. That's, that's, that is why I have the spreadsheet. Because I go on my big thrift binges and things just go onto the shelf for when we eventually decide to do it. So, okay. Downsets in my possession so it's on it's on me on us to to make the call clawfinger i uh, clawfinger i don't know if clawfinger is just a name that is it feels familiar like you hear clawfinger and you're like i've known clawfinger all yeah, my i know life. them I grew up on clawfinger i'm gonna be buried to clawfinger but uh, they're not on the long list can confirm and what was wild is that we did get a message, um, which, um, okay, I thought was on here, but apparently I deleted it. But we did get a message from someone, I believe on Facebook, shortly after Mike's DM that they could not have known about, unless they were working in unison. Maybe they are. Maybe this is a, this is a you know, an organized front. But they also recommended Clawfinger, and they said that Clawfinger was legit. So Whoa, we're getting that Clawfinger bump. The claw finger bump. Jenny, which which name is more appealing to you, claw finger or down downset? Downset would be more appealing to me, but I would happily listen to either. All right. Well, I mean that we love an impassioned push. Mike came with the passion and the facts. A lot of facts in there. Something to think about. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Uh, also on Twitter, we got a message from. Screen name is Pudo Gordo with six O's, seven O's, who said, Hey, Roach Coach, did Limp Biscuits' results may vary run so Lincoln Park's minutes to midnight could walk? Hashtag quarantine thoughts. Could be. Good, could be. Good question. That was, L, that was uh, Lincoln Park's, you know, attempt to give you some smooth boys. Give you a little less rocking, a little more. I don't. Want, I almost said adult contemporary. Maybe adult contemporary for Lincoln Park. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. It's a good question. That was the record that when it came out for me, you know, I'm still high on those faint vapors. And I mm-hmm. heard mm-hmm. I heard that record, and I was like, "What are they doing, Lincoln Park? What are you doing, Shinoda? Pick up the phone. I got to ask you what you're doing." So that record was, uh, they kind of lost me a little bit with that one. I did give it a re-listen, I think about two years ago, and found that it had some rippers. So, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been a little bit since we've done, well, we did Linkin Park closing course in January, but, you know, a full-on official Linkin Park record. It's, it's been a minute. Dare you say a while? A while. It's been a while. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Careful what you call up. Oh, that's true. Very true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Pudo Gordo. Something to think about. And uh, Jenny, we got some feedback on our Seven Dust Animosity episode. Feedback. We sure did. Uh, Jax Lawson says, more tension in that canon talk than listening to your parents have a serious discussion about the finances. True, true. A very intense canon talk. A very intense canon talk. 
Timothy John Henderson said, man, oh man, was this a fun walk down memory lane after dating my first serious girlfriend for a whole year from eighth to ninth grade. She cheated on me. Needless to say, the anger came through on this record for me, and that's what I always think about with this record laughing emoji. Props to Lauren and his notes for repping that smooth-ass bass line and trust. For me, that's the song of the album. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you. Matt Lyon says, this is in my top three albums of all time. This and Hybrid Theory got me into rock music. By the way, Seven Dust is perhaps the best live band I've ever seen. If you ask anyone, they'll tell you they crush. They have presence and energy like no other. It's definitely a party pit from the moment the ambient entry music starts to the very last encore. Anyways, I'm really happy you all didn't shit all over it. Thank you. Also, I've listened to this album front to back over 500 or so times and never knew Morgan was screaming suck a dick. Today, I learned something. Well, you know what, Matt? We're glad. We're glad that we didn't shit on it and that we taught you something. Topanga Lee said, my history with this album? Well, first Seven Dust album I owned because I saw the video for Praise when they premiered it. Been a diehard fan ever since and seen them live eight times to- so far. They put on a great show. Great episode, guys. Thank you, Topanga. Thank you. Thank- Thank you. Uh, Luis Mercado says, when the boys in discography discussion interview Morgan Rose, he said that they were very proud of the fact that their sound was so unique that they could get booked within everyone from Creed to Stain to Snot and Slipknot. But around the time of this album, they noticed that they were becoming too heavy for the Creed crowd and not heavy enough for the Slipknot crowd. And that could hurt their booking, so they started to chase the alt metal sound to go on tour with bands like Godsmack and Disturbed. Also, I think when you get to the Seven Dust albums with Sunny Mayo, that's when a full Seven Dust album will get in the canon. For now, I'm thankful that at least Lauren is down with the sickness, the Seven Dust sickness. Wow. Thank you. Jeffrey Thomas says, congrats to the hometown boys. I'm from Atlanta. We have a million rappers, a bunch of Southern rockers, and then also Seven Dust. Full disclosure, I was never too enthusiastic about the dust. They fell into the middle ground of didn't love, didn't hate, they're fine, never woke up craving a seven dust song. But in the same spirit of Atlanta sports teams, now that they've done something good and got a chunk into the cannon, I'll pretend like I was along for the ride the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, seven dust for life. Thank you, Jeffrey. I love, I love never woke up craving a seven dust song. What is a song? I'll just go around the room real quick. You have woken up craving a song. Have you ever woken up craving a song? Matt, you're nodding. Yeah. What's a song that you've woken up craving? Like, gotta hear it. Well, I, I, I have songs in my head all the time. So I'll wake up and just want to hear. I think the most recent one, um, I bought Duran Jones, uh, who's a kind of, he's on Coal Mine kind of a soul r&b guy and he has a song about it's morning in america and i was like i want to hear that song this morning Mm. jenny uh i've been getting real deep into fiona apple's new record and i woke up wanting to hear ladies the other day so i threw that right on and started my day off like that like a champion like a champion yeah there you go I recently woke up, really wanted to hear some Daniel John solo record. I was just like, I'm in wow. the mood. Let's do it up. I threw that bad boy on. And that was right in the sweet spot. So there you go. 
There we go. Well, Josh, we go. Josh Toomey had something to say, mm. and that's Jenny and Matt are dead to me. <laughs> Lauren was so excited. You ruined his dreams. Also, are there any hotties? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's do a check. Quick check. Yeah. We definitely got hotties. Definitely got hotties. Yes. Definitely got naughties. <laughs> Gonna have some naughties. Got to. It's we the balance some, of the universe. We got some party bros. Some party knows. <laughs> Listen, um, we're about to dive into Fieldy's dreams and hotties, naughties, party bros, man. Party knows. All, party knows. Oof, Matt. Matt, we're telling everybody at home to buckle up, but really, sincerely, we are hoping that you are also buckled up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. I'm so excited because I, I know that there's one person in particular Who's going to be very excited about this album? Alan Smock said, Lauren, when Matt said, if we want to put it in as the best example of a melodic new metal record, maybe, that was your cue to say, yes, that is what I would like to do. Get that asterisk ready, baby. (laughs) You'll probably have another chance if you do seasons. As an added benefit, Enemy and Face to Face from that album are hands down the two best Seven Dust songs. And then he put an asterisk up and he said, that I've heard. I don't have time to dig through 12 albums of mid-tempo slag looking for gems. Yeah. Well, we do, wow. baby. Yeah, wow. we will do the digging. But I don't want to get any more shit from anybody who ain't digging with me. That said, Gabriel says, Matt and Jenny, come on. The whole album should have gone in. LOL. Thank you, Gabriel. Uh, Mike Overluck said channeling Deftones that was a filter track 110% and everyone liked it hashtag filthy for life gotta love a filthy gotta love gotta. a filthy and to wrap it all up Roy Perez simply says fuck yes thanks Roy thank you Roy thank you everyone for writing in and saying hello that's it for who's tweeting keep on saying hello online Facebook Twitter Instagram we're Roach Coach on all those send us a DM post on the page let us know what's up send us your recs you can also email us at roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com it is now time to kick off Psy Project Summer with the album Rock and Roll Gangster by Feel These Dreams Jenny when did this album come out? Uh, this album was released on January 22nd, 2002. That's a come down. Not only is it a come down, it is the day after my 20th birthday. Wow. Such wow. historical significance. Incredibly, incredible historical significance. Happy birthday. Here's your pre-order for Feel These Dreams. Feel These Dreams. Indeed. You can get it at the midnight uh, yeah. release tonight. Yeah, really. Yeah, I gotta leave this party, you guys. I gotta I gotta go to the record store. I gotta camp out. Get me uh get me my copy of Feel These Dreams. Uh Jenny, we'll start with you. Um history with Feel These Dreams. Uh absolutely none. I've heard it mentioned just doing this show, but I had no idea it existed. I'd never heard it. And in fact, everything I thought I knew about Fieldy as a human being was wrong. So I'm just going to say that right now. I was humbled, <laughs> humbled by this book and album combo. Uh, Lauren, how about you? 
so I was aware of this album. I had this hazy memory, and I, I didn't get to to fact check my memories with some other people that were there at the time. But when I was in college, I remember going to a party. It was in somebody's basement of someone who I believe worked at the local FYE. And they had decorated the basement for this party with Fieldy's Dreams album flats that were left over from promo. So the whole basement was lined with this album cover. Wow. And I'm, let's I'm, let's fucking get into this album. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh so that so uh, this has always been vividly, you know, tattooed in my brain this image. Um well real quick, J- Matt, any history of Field These Dreams? Yeah, we had this at the record store and it got one cursory pass through. Um you know where you're like trying to make fun of a record. Mm-hmm. So you put it on and then like, I mean, we were full on dicks to this record. Um, so, yeah, we put it on and it was like, what is this? And then we didn't really have as much fun making fun of it as we wanted to. So it went into the uh, pile and we never listened to it again. Um, yeah, I should also mention I did not heard a song off this until I listened for the show. Um, so despite the fact that I was at a party that was papered, practically wall to ceiling in fieldy's dreams imagery none of fieldy's dreams was played at that party to my recollection um i mean that would have been what i mean that would have been spring spring summer 2002 so probably nelly probably nelly yeah all right yeah so let's talk about um let's talk about this album art holy shit it's something it's got it all. We've got cars. We've got babes. We've got beds. We've got fire. We've got radios. We've got... <laughs> we have timepieces. We have hourglasses. We have money. You got it all. Everything that you need is right here. Yeah, we've got a butt. Definitely. You got thongs. You got titties. You got thigh-high stockings. Fieldy is leaning back with a very nice watch on and cornrows, and he's got his hands behind his head as though to say, I'm relaxing, and lick my nuts, which we'll learn. We will... That's uh that Jenny's already quoting lyrics. Um but yeah, we will we will get to the to the to the request of nut licking. I'm just saying I have yeah. reason to believe he's saying lick my nuts. <laughs> it's true. Inside the liner notes you do have some photos of uh Fieldies, various tattoos and just looking uh kind of pensive but also serious, also his face framed by what I can only assume to be marijuana smoke. Mm. So much marijuana smoke. So much marijuana smoke. And Can uh, we talk about the perspective of this album art? So where is Fieldy's torso and legs? Listen, Matt, (laughs) I don't think... This is the thing. The first time I saw this album cover, uh, which I cannot stress enough, was papered all over a basement in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. If that was permanent, they have fucked the resale value of that home. So I hope it was not permanent. I remember thinking... Is he in a pool right. in the back of this Cadillac, this modified Cadillac? 
but then you realize that this girl is laying on top of what clearly has to be covers and blankets and, and cushions. And then this other woman is also clearly has a blanket pulled up to cover up, as Matt said, her boobies. But that doesn't beg the question, where are Fieldy's legs? <laughs> we got a couple Hashtag. options here. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you've got guesses. <laughs> yeah. Please post them with hashtag where feel these legs. All right. We've got a couple a couple things that I could think of is one, maybe he is doing like a crunch and he's holding it. Cause he does talk about well, in the book later in his life he does get into working out. So maybe it's like a very specific kind of like he's holding his legs out straight as a plane, but somewhat up. And he's like then having his hand behind his head. Cause he's holding himself up in like a contracted position for his core. But or then wouldn't his legs be in front of her face, but he might be under the covers. He's probably under the cubs. He needs to keep, he needs to keep warm. So he's, he's under the cubs and he's kind of jackknifing. He might be, or the other thing is this is a dream and the bottom half of his torso was just blown <laughs> off. Wait, 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 wait. I said okay, there wait. were two options. There's the third. The, the rest of his body is the car. Oh, oh yes, that's true. That's number that's three. That's it. Oh, man. It could be. You, you know what? I think it's option three. My vote's option three. I think he thinks, I think he's part of the car. I think he's part of the car. So are the women in his skin? Yes. Yeah, they're rubbing themselves all over Fieldy. All over him. If your dream is, and this is not just your dream, Fieldy's dream. If your dream is you're a rock and roll gangster and you're also part car, your dream is all the things that Matt has said that are framing this photo. Money, women, women's eyes, hourglasses. These are the things you want. And then the dream is to have basically half-naked ladies roll around on your metal car skin. Yeah. He's like a, a disgraced Transformer. Yeah. That's what the Transformers need, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fieldy to roll up. <laughs> I'm the Transformer that fucks. Yeah. Y'all like pussy? <laughs> yeah, Optimus Prime. <laughs> you in for some tang? Yeah, lick my nuts. <laughs> Sluts. <laughs> Jenny, please stop quoting the album so soon. We haven't even gotten the song yet. I know. I know. I can't help myself. Jenny, who's... I mean, is there... Do we have a list of who's in Fieldy's dreams? Do we have that? No, I mean he has a lot of guest appearances from people, but there were not where I saw at least were like uh, any other musicians listed. But I do not have a physical copy of the record, so it might be listed in there. Okay, so I have a physical copy here, which uh, was a big thrift. Picked it up online from World of Books USA for a sweet three dollars and fifty cents. There is mention of a lot of production by someone named Dr. Dreams. Tracks 1, 2, 4, 7, 10, 13, 15, and 17. And also a lot of co-writes from Bjorn Polar Bear Soderberg. So those are the people that sort of were assisting Fieldy with his dreams. And then I guess producer on this record is yeah, Dr. Dreams, Fieldy, and Polar oh, Bear. He- 
I got it. Instruments, all, fieldy. Okay. And polar bear. So fieldies on tracks 1, 2, 4, 7, 10, 13, 15 to 17. And polar bear on 5, 8, 9, 11, 12, 14. Oh, we didn't even talk about the back cover of this album shows. It's got to be a different car because it doesn't have enough room to fit a bed or pool or whatever. And it appears to be fieldy peeling out. But there's an insane amount of sparks coming out of the back of the car. But he is also driving through a wall. Right. That he's created a giant hole in. Again, we're in a dream here. And if Fieldy is the car and he is a transformer, perhaps we're seeing him at various stages of his metamorphosis. Correct. Because the picture posits that it is the same car because it still has the license plate Fieldy. And that's the one thing he can't change. Fucking true. Yeah. It's fucking true. I will always be fieldy. That You'll is always true. be fieldy. All right. So we've talked album art. We've talked producers who's on this record. Do we have any genre tags? Oh, we album? sure do. We've got G Funk, Gangster Rap, and Hardcore Hip Hop. All right. So, so we've got all that. <laughs> um Jenny, do we want to talk a little bit about the book and then dive into the album? Or as we go through the album, talk a little bit about the book? It's it's hard to say the order in which this should be approached, but I think what I'd like to do is maybe talk a little bit about what my impression of Fieldy was before reading this book or listening to this. Okay. Um, my impression was that Fieldy was probably just a pretty cool dude, had, as we've said, such a fun nickname. Who wouldn't want to hang out with Fieldy? Fieldy's such a great name. Fieldy's so fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> everybody, I was wrong. <laughs> um, Fieldy, holy shit. Fieldy's different than I thought. Yeah, and that's all I'll say right now. Lauren, what did you think of Fieldy before listening to this and reading to the book? I will say that I was in the same camp as you. We, you know, when we went to see Corn in, I want to say 2016, uh, he came out in stretchy yellow Lululemon pants. And I remember we were just overjoyed. We're like, oh, Fieldy is like the fun guy in corn. He's the goofball. He's like, everyone else is like, your Jonathan Davis is up there with the bitch, you know, and everybody else is like, but no, here's Fieldy, like, I'm going to rock some stretchies. And it's just like, I love it. I love this guy. It's super fun. The guy with the, the, the he plays his bass upright. You know, he's one of the originators of the chug in a lot of ways. Fun guy, like you said. This book, which, gotta stress enough, Fieldy wrote. These are all his calls. Paints a picture of Fieldy that is not good. <laughs> to really, to not, really, not good. Um, that's a kind take on how this so, book paints. <laughs> so this book. I guess we'll just start talking. So this book starts off with um, all the chapters are named after corn songs. So it's Falling Away From Me, All in the Family, Make Me Bad, No Place to Hide, Hollow Life, Blind, Coming Undone, Good God, Got the Life, Here to Stay. And 
the first thing you read, this is heavy shit. He starts the book out by describing in pretty vivid detail a time when he got incredibly drunk and high in a hotel room and attacked his wife. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the only way. And his his choices of description is haunting, for lack of a better word. She locks herself in the bathroom somehow. She, like, escapes from him, locks herself in a bathroom. And then he pretends that he leaves to try to wait her out for when she, like, tiny opens the door and then attacks her more. It's so bad. I was like, Jesus. This is how the book starts. And it has just a lot of just, like, pretty awful stuff. And then... The, the, he basically is worried for a second that he killed her, but he didn't. And he says... So this motherfucker's trying to spade coolie his wife. This Murder. is how we're... Yeah. This is how we're starting. And he says, I had to be dying inside to do something like that to someone I supposedly love. But how could I get to a point like this? Read on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is the hook. <laughs> yeah. He's hooking me. He's hooking what? us in. You do know that they just put the beginning of books in the New York Times Literary Review, right? And, you know, people, if you finish the first chapter and go to chapter two, you were 80 to 90% more uh, probable to finish the book. Well, he had us hooked right in there. <laughs> we were, I was like, oh, this is how Fieldy's book starts. And uh, you know what? Full confession, though. For the uh, first 200 pages of this book, page turner. Just burning through it. Like you're just packed packed with incident. Packed with details. Many terrible details. A lot of details. No reflection. (laughs) Like. Zero. Like. But I think he thinks he's reflecting. And maybe he is. But just very much not communicating it i just like it's insane it's insane to read this thing and just like the stuff that he shares i i never get a sense that like he understands how fucked up it is a lot of people get uh get burned by field in this book and it is it is shocking that he sort of matter-of-factly just explains all these things that he did. And it goes on, and you're, you can't look away because you're just like, oh, my God, what else? What else? And what's also interesting is that you get to the end of this book. The attack that starts at the beginning, we're never given any context on when that occurred. It never goes back in. He never ties it back in to being like, oh, this is like a bad moment. Did that mo-? like, Right? I'm not wrong. They never tie it back. No, it never. I was waiting for that. So I'm there's like, no res, there's no resolution to that. Like, I mean, they he, got marries he, he marries her. He marries her. She's yeah. alive. <laughs> She's alive. They had a child together, which we'll yeah. talk about. We'll get to that. Um. So basically, yes, Fieldy did a lot of bad shit, and I think that's what he's trying to say in this book. And so he does say it, but. It really falls short in the departments of reflection and responsibility um, for said actions. But he does a lot of 
he has an interesting take that was pretty shocking to me from the very beginning. He lists off his rules. So these are old fieldies rules. And I'll just I'll just read you what this says. He says, I was an expert at drinking, smoking dope, popping pills, using foul language, being mean, and partying without any remorse. You don't get that good at anything without lots of practice. Over time, I formed my own set of twisted rules. One, no morals necessary. Two, responsibility for any act not required. Three, no act was wrong or immoral. Four, nothing was out of bounds. Five, faith in a higher being was non-existent. Six, the world revolved around me. And seven, the more women, drugs, and booze, the better. So those are old fieldies rules. And he certainly played by them, I will say. <laughs> Indeed. But I guess uh, when Fieldy's Dreams, Rock and Roll Gangster, was created, Fieldy was still playing by old Fieldy's rules. And maybe now would be a good time to dip in and get a little taste of what that may have sounded like. What do you think, Indeed. Lauren? I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. So up first, we've got a track called Cocky, uh, which is an intro track into the first full song on the record, which is called Baby Hugh Hef. Don't go anywhere near Fieldy. I'll say that no, much. No. I'm shocking some honeys and eating some dough. I got more girls than you girls, you know, because I am the pimp, and the pimp is a king. He wears a hat with a big old brim. Uh, Yeah, just walking around. Got my Cadillac Fleetwood driving around town, and in the back seat is a thousand girls. I drive these girls all around the world. It's really expensive, so I got to make cash. I'm blowing out the thing straight out my ass. I do some cocaine, and I blow some whores, and then I go outside, and Charles. then I go indoors. Charles, Charles, Charles. Charles. Uh, first of all, you're grounded. Yes. Second of all, we have a, a whole list, an album of this to listen to. That's, that's basically 
the thought and quality of yeah so that's worst thought worst thought <laughs> uh, listen well going back to the book one of the revelations in the book is that fieldy did smoke a ton of weed did a lot of speed but he never did cocaine because he has allergies and he can't snort anything which is a new one i'd never heard before well that's good i mean that is good. that is good <laughs> That is good. That sounds is good. like it sounds like he did not snort or inject anything. Um yeah. which good for him. But yeah, so this song is about how Fieldy's a pimp and he's got game and he's like a little Hugh Hefner. It's me, little Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh Fieldy You wanna go to the grotto? <laughs> God. He's got this weird need to seem cool and he's just so painfully, painfully uncool. It's, it's rough. It's rough throughout because it's not like in the book he is saying, I used to think that I needed to be cool. And this is like how I'm now reflecting on that. It's, basically him still asserting that like this is all the sweet stuff he did and like trying to make himself sound like he's like a tough badass the whole time but it's like very clear that he's not it's very weird to read yeah there's a lot of stories told in here and that have the tone of what do you hear this but when the story's over like if I was sitting there and being told the story, I would go, oh, wow, look at the time. I have got to go. <laughs> but, the, but the tone in which he's telling the story is that I, we should be, in a way, like impressed. Even though this is a to- story of redemption, I'm using air quotes, because, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of time. I don't, I don't know if it's one of those things where he needed to really, really let us know how bad he was to show how good he's become. But at a certain point, we are just sort of wallowing in it. Yes. And it's also like, I don't think that Fieldy realizes that most people don't behave that way, regardless of how many drugs they do or how much they drink or whether or not they have found God. Most people don't behave in the way that he did and he seems to just be like this is how people are before they clean up and it's like it's really not though (laughs) like there was a point in my life when like my blood was probably mostly vodka most of the time i never did any of this stuff granted was i fieldy no if i were still no it's just weird. It's a weird disconnect. He he's so like I mean the stories of like how he treated women and just like he's like one time I pushed a girl off my tour bus while it was moving. LOL caught a lawsuit about that one and then just moves on. Moves on. <laughs> moves on. Moves on like the bus did in that incident he was talking about. It's like insane. It's very insane. The song itself, 
it's interesting that he basically runs like not to say that the first verse is particularly inspired but at least has something of a through line but by the time he gets to the second verse i felt like we kind of already run out of steam that by the time you get to the third verse he's basically he literally says fuel these dreams that's part of my game i love the fame and the fortune i can't complain what a great life ah if this here's wrong who want to be right don't ask why ask why don't be shy feel these dreams take a portion of the pie and i'm like wait where what's happening now what's what's happening now and i realized and that rapping's just, cool and yeah. i am fun i play a bass in the game called corn yeah oh, oh no yeah yeah so yeah and then the, the chorus is very weird um baby you have that's my name corn brings the porn and a little of the fame I guess that's he's saying what makes him baby Hugh Hef is that corn is the one who has the porn instead of running a magazine empire. I don't know. I'm spending too much time on this. I think. I think you're right. Let's yeah. Let's hear a little more. Uh, up next, we got <laughs> a, ba- a baby Hugh Hef. All right. Oh no 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 no. Why isn't Snoop Dogg? Why didn't he just co-do this with Snoop Dogg? Great cue. No a. Snoop Dogg probably wouldn't have not. I don't know. I feel like. Oh, come on. Snoop Dogg is like, you, you give me that cash up front. I'll do red light, green light. It. No. Okay. So here's where I feel like that's different. So even like when we're seeing Fred Durst be cringy in that documentary, and I'm sure that he was like kind of cringy to be around, Fieldy is actually legitimately terrible and abusive to everyone around him all the time. I don't think that's, I don't think there's an amount of money that you could have paid Snoop Dogg that would have kept him working with Fieldy based on Fieldy's own account. this version of Fieldy. Yes. Fieldy now? I mean, he's really turned a corner. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely has. But... The uh, what happens a lot in the book is he will tell stories about things that he does to roadies, things that he does to assistants, and then he's like, "Yeah, that person doesn't really talk to me anymore," or you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm I apologized, but it seems I don't know. Like there, I I wanted more of a sense of like, man, I really blew it with that guy. <laughs> yes. And that doesn't really ever happen. It's more of like a oof, dark time, dark time in my life. Yeah, hopefully he but, knows uh, it's all good. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, if he reads the book, which, oh, that's the other thing. Is there's an assumption that everyone that he's ever wrong is going to be wrong. like, it's like, I got to pick up Fieldy's book because he, at the end, I guess we're just going to talk about most of this now. Uh, at the end, he writes a letter to every member of Corn. And he says that they have not read these letters before being put into the book. And I had this weird thought of like, how well does Fieldy know the other guys in Corn? <laughs> because for one, when he writes about David, who I think when this book, oh, when this book came out, David had left the band. Mm-hmm. But the way he writes about it, it sounds like he basically dissed David in like 1993. And David never let it go. And then 10, 15 years later, left the band. And it was still unsettled. Two years after this book came out, 
David read what Fieldy said in it. Oh. And came for Fieldy and was like, fuck Fieldy. He never threw his base at me. He talks all this shit and takes it out on people who work for him, but he's a pussy ass bitch. He tries to act like he's tough, but he's not fucking tough at all. Like David came for him. I think it was like 2000. This book came out in 2009, right? Yes. So yeah, in about 2011, yeah, David was doing an interview with somebody online and was just like, not having it i'm not here for this yeah wow yeah yeah well well, there you go um so i mean he read the book at least he he did well at least he read a passage from it and so one of the things that fieldy says is when they were like getting into an argument fieldy lots of times is like and then i was about to get in a fight (laughs) And he said that he threw his base down at David. David says that did not happen. A real he said, he said. Um, but I tend to believe David. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just ready to go into the next song. Yeah. So up next, yeah. we've got Rock and Roll Gangster, which goes right into Are You Talking to Me? featuring Helleva. Real Captain Tennille vibe. Alone at home, laying in my bed, hearing voices in my head. Leave me alone, I can't cope with this pain. Do you feel insane? Do you crave cocaine? Nope, there's other dope Xanax, Valium, Vicodin, and Speed. I'd rather smoke weed I'm the best in the West No stress Sticks, steals, seeds Fulfilling my needs Feel these dreams Searching for some weed Ain't never gonna stop Till the day that I drop Driving like it's hot At 12 o'clock on a dot Meet me at our corner spot Hell yeah You're the best treat I ever bought This couldn't be a sin Gotta go Don't leave me again From Mother Earth I grow Like green and pure You're a marijuana connoisseur And I'm sure Then I'ma stay high Till the day that I die With this tilted grin how could I lie? Smoking on the ganja, I smoke when I wanna. You think pretty leaf? Hello, fine mama, marijuana sauna, hot box mama, sweet queen leaf. Smell the aroma. Matt is losing it. Yep. Matt. Matt. He's he's yo. These dreams come true when I'm smoking on you. Ain't no weed got no. So, what was really remarkable about this song? Um, especially after reading the book, which has an entire chapter about the making of this album, which, you know what, honestly, we're kind of ragging on, kind of going hard on Fieldy a little bit, but thank you for including this entire chapter about this album. I wasn't sure how much this album was going to be in the book, and I got a lot. (laughs) This is a song where Fieldy's like, I love weed so much, if I could, I'd fuck it. And you know what? I was like, can't say I've heard that before, necessarily. I haven't heard every weed song in the world. I haven't heard the complete works of Cypress Hill. But, indeed, that really is, you know, he's fallen for these trees. He's in love with this weed. This hot weed. Yes. Um, 
My favorite part about this song and this book is that um, one of the things that gets talked about in the book is sort of the the fact the firm is uh, a well-known artist management company out of LA. They manage corn and um, they were dealing with Fieldy while he was doing this. One of their managers, I, I want to say his name was Eric. I think Jeff. 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 That Jeff, Eric, you know, same name. Yeah. Uh, Jeff heard it and said, holy shit, Fieldy, this is a hit. You need to make a video for this song. And so Fieldy did make a video for this song. And the concept was that Fieldy was a pipe or floating inside of a pipe. And Helleva, the woman who raps on this song, is weed. She's like a weed fairy. I watched the video. It is bonkers. Fieldy looks insane. It's so very, very 2002. Let me read how Fieldy sells the video in the book. When I played Are You Talking to Me to my manager, Jeff, he freaked out. He loved it and thought it was going to be a smash hit. He was able to get my record label to give me a budget to film a music video down in Miami. The concept was to have Helleva dressed up in a green fairy outfit made out of marijuana leaves. I was dressed as a giant weed pipe that kept circling around Helleva. It was a really cool concept piece. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Matt, no. at one point, at one point, Fieldy is wearing a beanie hat. He pulls it off to reveal two giant pigtails. An incredible reveal that made me laugh. Honestly, probably my favorite part of the video. They also attempt to replicate the front cover of the album with Fieldy relaxing on a bed. He's not a transformer in the video. He's not one with the vehicle. Um, in retrospect, now a disappointment. They should have pursued that. He should have been a man car. Should have been a man car. Should have. Um, but yeah, it, it is wild to think that Jeff heard this song and went, this, this is a goddamn smash. What the fuck's the hook? Smoking no. on the ganja, smoke when I wanna, you need pretty leaf, hella fine wanna, marijuana sauna, hot box mama, sweet queen leaf, smell the aroma, sweet as my mama, take away my drama, the key to be free is to smoke on the ganja, smoke when I wanna, marijuana mama, falling for these trees, I'm in love with marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's legal, it's legal now. It's legal now. It is legal now. It's legal. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go to the dispensary and I'm going to play this song just loud enough in my headphones. <laughs> and I bet I'll get some bites. They'll be like, <laughs> "Are you talking to me?" And I'll be like, "Hell yeah." And they'll be like, "That the concept of that video." And I'll do Chef's Kiss. There it is. I mean, All also right. All right, we have a battle between corniest weed song, this one, or Afro Man's "Cause I Was I." Um, oh, mm. at least Afro Man had some humor. Yeah, there's there's a bit more fun. I mean, this is a this is a serious song about courting weed that you will fuck, and then at one point she just starts listing the types of 
strains strains in a way that almost feels like a catalog made me wonder if when they sat down they were just like right yeah like name some of the camera. stickiest of the ickies <laughs> please do well i mean yeah we got fat sweet tooth a uh, fat sweet tooth indicut soya teva jamaican san samaya I sound like a fucking narc right now reading these. Hey, um, bro, are you going to bust us? <laughs> Listen, uh, I just want you all to know uh, that I can hang and I'm down. All right? I reserve my right to be silent. Yeah. <laughs> there was uh, a song yeah. that I used to listen to with my roommate in college who is a huge stoner. Uh, Matt, I want to send it to you. <laughs> Um, cause I would like you to play a little bit of this song if, if possible. Of course. It might be the, it's just about as corny as this song. I just, I would like to throw it in as a contender because this episode isn't going to be long enough. I think that we should listen to this too. <laughs> so this is Kamir Kid? I, I have no idea how to pronounce it. With uh, smoke weed. thing about this first com- first comment from dr cream pies <laughs> oh who's who's bumping this in the corona quarantine oh, we are <laughs> we are right now oh man we used to get real high in our dorm room and we'd listen to this song and i thought it was the funniest thing i had ever heard and i'd draw little weed men <laughs> singing this song and uh Actually, listening to it compared to Feel These Dreams, it's not that bad. I remember it being a lot cornier than that. Thanks, Field uh, I mean, plus, Jenny, you said you were drawing little weed men. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of doing the other variation. Feel These Dreaming about some sexy weed lady. You were thinking about some weed men. That's right. I wasn't, I mean, who knows where things could have gone, but. As far as I know, never any, never any sex with little weed men I drew. But you want to hear more songs from Rock and Roll Gangster? Yeah. All right. Oh wait, before we do that, there is one comment on songmeanings.com. Oh, that's for right. This song. It is from commenter Josh Sapien, who said, "Idiotic." <laughs> there we go. Fair, fair. All fair right. assessment. Fair assessment. All right. Up next, we've got "Just for Now" featuring Jonathan Davis. Burn down to the ground everything I own. 
you want is so petty. Materialistic shit makes me sick. You drove your cars, your house, your money. It's just for now. Does it sound funny? Your wife, your kids, your family, your life. It's just for now. It's just not right. Open your eyes and you'll see the light. Stop living in a fairy tale life. There's more to life than just living. Find it in yourself and start giving. It'll come back to you. No one's out the street. I lost everything I had. I'm not even mad. Losing everyone I love would make me sad. If you dwell on the past, it's only gonna last. You will not take my mind. You will not take what's mine. You think you can hand me my stealing from me? Oh my gosh. So Fieldy and uh, Jonathan knew each other when they were children. Uh, Fieldy's mom ran like a little daycare in the neighborhood and uh, Fieldy's dad and John's dad played in a band together. So sometimes John would be around. Um, And Fieldy describes basically just bullying Jonathan Davis and running him over with a three-wheeler. Is that right? Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not on purpose, but not not on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> he says it was neither on purpose or not not on purpose. And this is one of the times that he brings up but doesn't seem to fully understand the extent to which people are not liking him too much. Uh, he says... Jonathan will still bring it up from time to time that I ran him over. I guess it like traumatized him or something. Well, hopefully he knows it was just all in good fun. Hey, Jonathan, if you're reading this, you can run me over with a three-wheeler anytime. Like, he still brings it up from time to time. It's been about 30 years. Like, yeah, dude, you ran over a kid. He's not good with it. (laughs) No still a problem if he's reading this you can run me over anytime like i think you missed the point but they must be at least somewhat all good because jonathan Heyman guessed it on this track he did also this book contains i would say the most pictures i've ever seen of a relaxed and smiling jonathan davis a lot of candidates of jd just doing all right hanging out t-shirt and jeans just chilling. In the book, Fieldy says that the first time Jonathan sang this hook, the song was completely dope. It was amazing and exactly what I was looking for. Honestly, the Jonathan Davis stuff, I'm fine with it. This beats okay. It's I think it's one of the more serviceable beats we've heard so far. I like at the end where it turns into this sort of, I don't know, like anti-suicide sort of line, but he basically says something like like appreciate your life yeah doesn't he yeah and it's um oh yeah he says life is a gift you should put it on a throne not materialistic shit appreciate your life he also points out that it doesn't make you gay if you're a man who cries <laughs> well i'm thanks. glad that got cleared up <laughs> oh, thanks right. thank you uh yeah um, this this is an interesting thing I, so I didn't listen to this album before I read a lot of the book. 
Um, so it's really interesting to kind of listen to Fieldy talk so much about all the shit that he was doing and the shit that he was into and how he was actually like completely miserable. Um, this album has a lot of like, I'm sweet. I'm a rock star. I'm having the best time of my life. This is cool. Lick my nuts. And then like this song seems to be, I don't know. It's, it's just a very different vibe than a lot of the rest of the record. So that was kind of interesting to see even like he was kind of starting to, to fall apart and this was peaking out well before he got sober. Like it seems like is wearing on him. Yeah. I will say I listened to this album uh, twice before reading the book and the first listen was so fun. I was laughing. I couldn't believe what was happening minute to minute. It was a real gift. Second listen, I, t- I listened to it while on a walk. And uh, I was walking around, you know, this unfinished neighborhood near where I live. And uh, it was a beautiful day, kind of some open fields. And I'm looking out at these open fields as Fieldy is, yeah, saying, hey, come and lick my nuts. And um, I got some cognitive dissonance, I gotta say. It was, uh, it was very weird. And also not... On the second go around, I was like, hmm, not as funny, but still weird. And I had a thought at one point where I just imagined uh, either of the ICP guys just saying, not so easy, is it? (laughs) Yeah, that is true. All right. We got some more tracks ahead of us. Are we ready to keep going? Anything else on this one? Oh, there's one comment on songmeanings.com from Cold Flame who said, Great song. Pretty fun to listen to Fieldy rap for a change. He definitely has some vocal talent apart from being one of the fucking best bassists out there. All right. That's an opinion, and we're all entitled to ours. Up next, we've got You Saved Me. say something controversial i don't think this is a good beat (laughs) (laughs) what 
Well, right, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it with you guys. But I don't think this is a good beat. This beat is annoying. In my notes, I wrote that it is very annoying. I I did enjoy the one moment I do enjoy it is the very top of the song when he calls up Cheech Marin, who he talks about meeting in the book, and it was it was this moment where I I was like, does it's that thing that you talked about, Jenny, where you wonder of like Fielding not really getting what he's doing to everybody because he meets Cheech Marin, who he loves the Cheech and Chong movies. He makes a big point that he's watching him on the bus or watching him on tour. He loves him. So he's like, hey, Cheech is going to come in and he's going to do um, Ear Make Ear Ache My Eye on Follow the Leader. Super great. So Cheech rolls in and to, to the shock of Fieldy, he is not actually the how he is in the movies. He is dressed like a normal human being and he's completely professional and comes in and I in field he's like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they do get a they do get a cameo from here up top where I I, I live the little pep talk where he's like, Fieldy, what's up? He's like, I've just been down on myself. Oh, don't do that. And then he tells him a little joke and he's like, Oh, okay, you're right. Okay, later, bye. It's fine. <laughs> Blaze that herb, bro. It saves you from going crazy. Sticky icky. And at one point he says, this is kind of racist. Um, he takes another choke. So I take another toke, slant eyed as Chang Chong. Jesus. That's a little racist. <laughs> yeah. A little just a lot, a lot of racist. It's kind of racist. racist. It's pretty oh, racist. Just a little bit. And, and, and just a little says, bit. He says 420. 421 anytime it's fun <laughs> you know holy shit a lot of times we will listen to a record and something will be said and we'll say well the time the time that this came out that was kind of something that like not right but is something that people did say this was not something that anybody would or could say at this time there is no jesus christ all right all right more songs um one comment on songmeanings.com from fat bottom girl who said cute song obviously about smoking from a bong been there done that the stuff never did save me though it just made me sleepy unlike alcohol that makes me slazy together it's a recipe for disaster winky emoji she should have read his book <laughs> yeah and then fat bottom girl replied to themselves and said you betcha i'm a heck of a lot of fun after just two drinks in all seriousness i get the chicks after just one they love my bulge sorry for being so crass but i'm an ass and i got to the end of that and i went so fat bottom girl may be a guy but also are they auditioning to join fieldy's dreams <laughs> sounds like it let me in <laughs> give me a shot i'm ready put me in the booth oh wow 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 all right uh up next We've got Monkey Rage into Put a Week on It featuring Sun Doobie. Put a 
You know, sometimes you gotta smoke that herb to get you some kush, man. Sit back, toke up, light up, relax. The sticky, icky, icky. This is how we do. It's all about me, not you. Gotta get mine and your friends too. Don't got the time to be fucking with you. I'm trying to fuck everything that move. Creep on it, put a week on it, then speak on it, pass it down to my crew. My guy's son Doobie already hit the booty. He told me it was broke. Just treat it like shit, let the lick your dick. Suck on these nuts and split. Silly ass bitch, gotta go. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you didn't even, you didn't even get, get to, to the you didn't even get to the chorus. I'm like Chris well. Kringle. I got all the hoes, Pringles. Once you stop, you can't pop. Don't get on my shit list, or you won't get my nuts for Christmas. Do you want that, well, Matt? Do you not want to get feel these nuts for Christmas? Yeah, I'm about to go in. Um, what's that? Let me go in. Pussy, 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 pussy. Charles. 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 What? I'm sorry what? you don't get to go to your spring fling dance, but you're not allowed to listen. I'm very upset. They're taking high school away from me. My rights. My rights. Yeah, you know what? I wish they had taken high school away from me. You're getting a gift <laughs> yeah. and you don't realize it. <laughs> um, I, I, I got to say... um. Put a week on it is said in this song as if it were a, a slang that I should know. But I am not familiar with the slang put a week on it. <laughs> Me neither. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, what am I to know? This is like, <sighs> yes, I don't know what this means. And and it's not like I'm like, well, it's not like this song came out yesterday and I'm too old. Like this song came out when I was, I had just turned 20 years old. I was entering my 20s. If anything, I should have been very familiar with the terminology put a week on it. But I don't know what the heck that means. And even listening to the song, put the put a week on it. She's the most wanted. She's a freak, but a freak that don't sleep on it. Put a week on it. The fuck is put a week? What does that mean? Okay, a week is seven days. I'm just trying Correct. to like... I'm trying to do like some anthropology here. So week is seven days. What what else? I don't know. Like put it put a full put a full week of work on her? My friends. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there I can't I'm trying to remember the line. But basically it's saying that you're willing to blow a whole week's worth of pay on a stripper. Oh, so put a week on it is like basically you're like throwing, throwing, you know, your direct deposit right at her. Bands to make a dance, my friend. Oh, see, that makes a lot more sense. Put a week on it. Well, for one, I'm going to be honest. Most places pay biweekly. 
So right, you still like, got to have some money for you. Yeah. So yeah, put a week on it. Like no one's. Yeah. It, I mean, if you're getting listen, I was at a job that did pay weekly, and it was kind of great to get paid every week. No lie. But most places pay biweekly, and that I think is where my confusion comes in, because I currently work somewhere that pays week uh, biweekly. So for me, I'm just like I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. Jenny, what what'd you think of put a week on it? Put a week on it. <sighs> Fieldy actually talked specifically about this song in his book. And he talks about it in the same time that he lets us know that there was a a room that they would have when they were on tour called the chicken head room. Uh, and oh shit! And I'm gonna I'm I'm the chicken head room is where they would take all the women that members of the band could potentially bone after the show. So I'm gonna read you a little bit. I'm sure you've heard stories about how celebrities make all sorts of outrageous demands for their dressing rooms. Well, our contract called for a certain amount of beer to be in the dressing room on our buses, and in another room we called the chicken head room, a.k.a. the hospitality room backstage. It was where all of the groupies would go after the show. Groupies would get invited to the chicken head room by a couple of my guys who would go out into the audience and round up all of the pretty girls. They had it down to a science, too. We'd roll into an arena while they'd stroll the crowd and hand out backstage passes to the girls they knew I'd like. I didn't have a specific type. I just needed to get off. I was a lot like a lion in his kingdom. I'd hop on anyone. It didn't mean anything to me at all. I was conditioned to believe that the more women I slept with, the bigger stud I was. I even wrote some lyrics for my solo album, Feel These Dreams, about it. The more fellas get laid, the more that we're praised. If a woman gets fucked, reputation of a slut. Doesn't that suck? I didn't make the rules. This is how it is in the world that we live. Uh... And then they get into all the details of how this worked. Like we got the logistics. They told us that they'd round them up, put them in a certain section until the show was done, escort them back. If they didn't feel like going to the chicken head room, then they would be delivered to the tour bus. And then when Fieldy was done, he'd just kind of like call out to one of his roadies and have them remove the woman as soon as he was done. And I think he says that, um, He's like, yeah, just like about three minutes. And this is also the section where he says, uh, after a particular show in Oregon, one of the girls actually refused to leave. She desperately wanted to ride the bus with me. I never liked any of those women hanging around after I was done. Occasionally, I'd let a girl or two stay on the bus for a minute. I let them think they were going to ride with me and then kick them off. It was cruel, I know, but at the time it seemed sort of funny. I once shoved a girl out the door while the bus was pulling away. Some crazy legal drama went down after that particular night, so I never did that again. Uh, every now and then, we'd have to pull out before I was through entertaining, so I'd let the girls ride along until we got to the first truck stop. I'd drop these girls in the middle of nowhere or make them get on the crew bus, which was not ideal for the girls because the crew would rotate them around until they were done and then drop them off at the next stop. This tour marked the beginning of a new game we'd play, which messed with these girls in the worst way. If for some reason a girl actually made it to the next city, we would give the guy a hard time about it, saying, I can't believe you let her say. Even though there were hundreds of women over the years, I never met a woman on the road whom I truly liked. It was just sex. It was empty and meaningless, detached and lonely. There was no conversation and zero connection. I was cold, like an animal. We never go back to this and talk about how it wasn't cool. 
I just like all of this stuff. I was like, all right, at this point, I think we've probably got at this point, we're about halfway through the book when this comes up. And I'm like, we got this back half. Fieldy's coming back. He's going to put on his yellow stretchy pants. He's going to become fun. Fieldy. We do not get there. Like, it's insane. It's insane. You guys see the new Beastie Boys Apple Doc yet? No. You can go on uh, YouTube and you can watch the spoken word one that they did on that small tour that they did and it's nearly identical. Um, but there is a large, large, almost like the first hour is them talking about license to ill and them talking about what they were on license to ill. Like they kind of thought it was a joke and then they were like, well, let's play it. And then it became the expectation and then it became what they did. And then there's like probably half an hour that goes by before they get to the line that's in um, Hello Nasty, I believe, uh, on Sure Shot, where that's uh, you know, ill communication. Ill communication. There we go. Not Hello Nasty, um, but it, where uh, MCA has that line about respect and women, and there's a really there's a really cool moment where Mike is talking about uh, Adam. Uh, Horowitz and he's like he was doing an interview where kind of I don't know if it was right around the time that he talked about Woodstock 99 or whatever but like whomever was interviewing him was like don't you think that you're being hypocritical because you were the fight for your right to party guy and Adam said well I'd rather be a hypocrite than the person that I was and it's like that's kind of what we're looking for from Fieldy in this book. And I'm not hearing that you guys got it. No, I didn't. No. I don't know if you, maybe by the time I got around to that section, I was too far gone. What Sock 99 comes up in this book? And they were just like, wow, the crowd loved our set. <laughs> That's it. His, his take, if you, his take on Woodstock 99 in the book you would think that Woodstock 99 was just a really great time for everybody. Nothing bad happened at Woodstock 99. Woodstock 99, one of the great corn shows. That's it. Nothing else is said. Kind of couldn't believe it. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't know. He might not remember. That's fair. But yeah, we never do... That's very true. We never get that, though. We never... Even in like Lauren was mentioning the letters that he wrote to the members of the band that's like, well, they've never seen him, but I'm going to put them here. He says that they're apologies, but none of them have any apology. It's like, we would be friends now, probably. At one point he says, now that I'm a pretty good guy. <laughs> um, it, it is it is a weird sense of... Um... Well, I'm I figured it out. So we're cool now, right? Or oh, we're not cool now? Well, I'm cool. So maybe I'll see you around. Not like I, I you want him to be more like I get why you're mad. I get why you're upset. But it's it's not it never quite comes in. There's a lot of bits that are just 
I, it's it's a little too fieldy and not enough thinking about them dreams. <laughs> I'm maybe there's too much dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this song "Monkey Rage." He tells a story about a time that they were all piled in the back of a pickup truck early on, and they got pulled over by the cops. And Fieldy Monkey was wearing a pair of Fieldy shoes, and Fieldy quickly realized that Monkey had. Uh, a warrant out for his arrest uh, for some dumb like unpaid ticket or something. And he's like, oh, Monkey's going to go to the jail. And he says to Monkey, give me those shoes. Those are my shoes. I don't want those shoes going into jail. So he makes Monkey go to jail barefoot. <laughs> and he's like, sometimes Monkey still brings it up. But yeah, it was just a childish prank. Hopefully we're good now. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not good now. <laughs> Jesus Oh, my, my. Is there a second book from uh, Fieldy? No, this is the one Fieldy <laughs> book. So we were talking... Because Head, Head has like three now, doesn't he? Well, here's the thing. So Head's got like three or four books. And I don't know if we've talked about this in the show. We, we have talked about that we thought we were going to interview Head at Rock and Pod. It did not come to pass. And we, Jenny and you and I, we were reading the Head book. And it was, frankly a drag yes we were forcing our way through this thing it was very hard to read and in comparison this fieldy book is a breeze like a page turner first 200 pages you're just like what awful i mean just think what awful things he gonna do next you know yeah page to page and also on top of that he does pepper in we should not leave this part out. Uh, he does pepper in a lot about the makings of the early corn records, the Indigo Ranch experience, working with Ross, meeting Fred Durst, f- discovering Limp Biscuit, producing the Video Drone album, all these various things. You get that stuff in there, and that's very interesting. And so you have all that really all crammed in that first 200 or so pages that make it like a real turner. He does also bring up Head's first book in here, which the insinuation seems to be that that book is kind of juicy. And so I'm kind of wondering if Head really only had one book in him and ended up writing two more with not much to him, and maybe that first Head book is actually where the good stuff is. I don't know. Hey, look, no one's going to stop us from reading more books. That's <laughs> true. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I don't know. There's a child vigilante coming. That's All true. Right. I've been waiting on this one. All right. Let's Up go. next, we got child vigilante. Dub, cause I shit in your tub. I'm not a thief or a thug. 
I'll take a giggle and a laugh. Leave your house trash. Bill Dog is the one who gets the last laugh. When the freaks come out at night, we ain't have to kill. We don't want to fight. The freaks come out at night. Okay. Holy shit. This song was funny every single time for the reason that Fieldy's child vigilante, he is going to shit and piss all over your house. Oh, everywhere. And there is so (laughs) much. Child vigilante is just a phantom duker. Yeah. (laughs) They call him pee pee poo poo boy. (laughs) He is. He is. Vigilante (laughs) of feces. He is. Okay, so let's just run down the crimes. All right, we're just going to run down the crimes of the child vigilante, okay? The specific ones. So he creeps into your house, pisses on your couch. All right. Not great. Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. Tags all your walls. Jesus. I mean, all right. So I got a piss-covered couch. My walls are covered in graffiti. Tear the heads off your daughter's dolls. More vandalism. Terrible. Shave your cat's back is a must. Okay. Then I'll wipe my ass with your favorite toothbrush. So I like this here. This is a little bit. This is a bit of a flex here because I only own one toothbrush. But Fieldy obviously working at this higher echelon rock level where he's he's got multiple toothbrushes and one is a favorite. So he's like, everybody's got to have a favorite toothbrush. Erase all the numbers on your cell phone. Deleting your contact list. Not nice. Cruel. Not nice. On his way out, toilet paper is your house. Incredible shit. Then he's not done. <laughs> Turns around. <laughs> Turns right around. He gets a bag. He shits in the bag. He lights it on fire. Yeah. And I got to say, the, the, the construction of this ver- of this part of the verse is kind of incredible. Shit in a bag, light it on fire. You open the door, there's a bag on fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sweet Mitchell overheard me listening to some of these songs. <laughs> yes. And he went, is that an A-A-A rhyme? <laughs> <laughs> And it was a perfect roast. <laughs> Mitch, you got him. He really got did. Him. He really a did. Classic got him. That's a very That's good got him. Incredible got him. And so, but then there is a twist on this though. You stop out the flames, dookie on your feet, but no scrub a dub dub because he shit in your tub. This guy, yeah, pooping everywhere. He eats this a lot of pharaoh. So wait a minute. His plan is number one, get backed up. Yes. Number two, drink a gallon of water. Yes. Number three, break in your house. Let it all out. Pee pee poo poo boy. It's it's everywhere. And then, so then, okay, you're like, okay, that's a lot of shit and piss. But all right, what happens in verse two after the freaks come out at night? Trash can full of piss. Leaned against your door. Ding dong, bitch. Ain't that a bitch? You got piss on your floor. And then he says, we take from the rich and give to the poor. Mm-mm, <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah. I don't buy that. Like, 
I feel like he learned what a vigilante is halfway through writing the song. And it's like, oh, okay. Like Robin Hood was, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. But a trash can, a trash can full of piss, which also is presented here as a common prank. Oh, was that someone at the door? Hold on. Let me, let me just double check. Oh, no, no one at the door. Just someone leaned in a giant barrel of urine. <laughs> Classic kids. We They're splash. hazing me. Just getting hazed. We devolve into a lot of animal cruelty in this song, too. Um, we start, oh, yeah. we've already shaved the back of the cat. Throw your cat in a pool. Put your dog in a tree. <laughs> A classic prank of putting a dog in a tree. Classic prank. Yep. Stuff a frog full of firecrackers. Put them on your doorstep. You open the door. It smells like chicken breast. Drive by shooting. That's not me, but I'll drive by and egg your car. No, that's just funny. Pouring salt on snails. Shooting birds out of trees. The shit I did as a child vigilante. That is not what a vigilante is. Please. Who wronged you? <laughs> yeah, like the snails. Who are you getting revenge on? I feel like so. Fieldy does talk about his childhood in this book, and it sounds like it was marked with a lot of substance abuse and violence. And it seems as though maybe what many of us were lucky to have impressed upon us growing up never quite made it to fieldy because yeah like i would not be surprised if he was like yeah vigilante someone who just fucks shit up like for no reason like um no what did the snails do to you fieldy yeah it it, this one every time i just i just was this one almost seemed like he just had no idea what a prank is like this this one which you know what he doesn't know what a prank is he doesn't know the line because as you go through the book he does have moments where a prank he plays what he think is a prank on uh the security guard i believe and the security guard is pissed and basically stops working for him but then later they try to prank fieldy oh my god (laughs) with an episode of punked they try to set up fieldy and Fieldy's like, I know you're pranking me. And Fieldy basically cross arms the whole, the whole thing. They basically was it. They try to pretend there's a fire. Is that what it is? They they try to pretend that there's some sort of insane chemical fire when they're trying to record that would like burn them or something, more than just a normal fire, like a chemical burn situation. And Fieldy is like, I knew from the start. That it was a prank, and I refused to play ball. And I was like, oh, "Okay," but everyone else is a hundred percent in. And at one point, I believe Jonathan Davis even subjects himself to what is supposed to be the prank on Fieldy, which is to get sprayed with water in his underpants to get rid of the chemical burn or something like that. But Fieldy refuses to do it. And then when it's finally revealed, Fieldy's like, "I knew it! I knew it! I knew it!" They send him the release. He won't sign it. So it's never been aired. Because he does this field. He's like, I didn't want to look stupid. I want to look dumb. I was like, well, 
Well, you, re- you released Field of Dreams. <laughs> right. There's another uh, instance where they talk about that, that somebody tried to punk him. He was asleep. He was like half asleep in his in his bus. And somebody came and was like, Fieldy, you can't pass out now. The biggest party of tour is going on. And so he goes up into this hotel room and these dudes prank him and try to like pull his pants off. And when they do that, yeah, yeah, he says, he says like, don't do that or I will fucking kill you. And the way I said it made them all so scared that they didn't do it. Like he, the dude bizarrely has no sense of humor about himself. It seems. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty surreal in that way. Also, I, did anyone else think that this beat was like a ripoff of like um, "Forgot About Dre" or something like that? Oh, the the yeah. last couple have been yeah, because G Funk, it's like a someone heard G Funk and was like, "Well, I I I guess I can kind of make those beats." Yeah. So I mean, this one has definitely the funniest lyrics, just because. I mean, just so much pooping and peeing in these pranks. Mm-hmm. So much. As a classic vigilante does. <laughs> Pooping classic and peeing vigil- everywhere. That's listen, what they won't you, tell you about vigilantes. Incontinence about. You watch any, any Batman movie, and Batman is just peeing all over the place. It's nuts. Yeah. Why? The Joker the Joker the Joker's actually the hero because he's like, <laughs> let's put down some pee pads for this guy. Yeah. Jesus. Why do you think Robin Hood takes place in the woods? That's right. There it is. There you go. There we is. uh we shot it wide open here. All right. Uh up next we've got Corn Gicklebox into Sugar Coated featuring Trey Hardson. <laughs> Get them the tip. It's that extra shit that goes a long way, making them pay as if I'm brand new with the day. Who got the dough? We got the dough. Everybody knows that we run the show. Who got the dough? We got the dough. Dr. Dream is a host for the late night show. Who got the dough? We got the dough. Everybody knows that we run the show. Who got the dough? We got the dough. All right, let's talk about something. Sure. This sucks, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. Um is he going for like we've done Jekyll Brothers, right? We've done ICP. Yeah. We've heard lyrics like that involve stretching nuts and it kind of has that carnival vibe that, you know, 
the ICP vibe. But it's the ICP vibe, not Fieldy's vibe. I feel like Fieldy can't pull off what they're doing, but he also wants to be West Coast gangster, and it just is. I'm so confused listening to this record. Fieldy's also a dork. Yeah, because it's also like a bunch of inside jokes. It's a bunch of like, okay. There's some people that when they talk about womanizing, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people of which I don't want to hear your stories ever because I'm grossed out by it. Right. You know, like he, he kind of falls into that. Like, I, I, I don't. I know that women are hitting on you because you're fieldy, the, the bassist in corn. I get that that is a real thing. But number one, bassists never get pussy. I mean, I know it. You know it. It's a fact of band history. Daddy Lee will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I remember a time that I felt very distinctly like this. Two names. <laughs> Craig Gass. it's the same vibe and maybe (laughs) it was a story about corn i don't remember who he said he was friends with in corn but it was probably fieldy we could go back and listen but we're not going to no god i don't want to relive that but i as i was reading this book and hearing some of these songs i was like Thinking back to sitting there through that story, being like, mm, wrong audience. And, and maybe, I bet you Craig Gass enjoyed this book. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's a very weird first verse because it's, it's super aggressive self, but I don't, is, he, is it self-deprecating? It can't be self-deprecating because I don't think he understands self-deprecation. But it has this weird thing where he's like, like, do you know who I am? No, I don't. Like, and then he's upset. But it seems like in the book, people always know who he is. And he's constantly being approached. And so then he set up this, I don't know, what what is what is this dichotomy he's created here with this he doesn't have vocals. the he, he doesn't have the cachet to pull this off. I don't know who Fieldy is ever. He's not a singer per se. He's done one or two things on the corn records up until this point. Obviously, he's played bass on all of them. I'm not saying that, but like Lowrider. I think that's Head who's singing on that song, isn't it? Okay. Maybe I, mean, but, I can't remember. But it's like I don't know if he's a joker. You know what I mean? Like it, if this is my introduction to him, he is presuming that I have so much knowledge about him. You know, it's like yeah. ICP has the cachet. They can do whatever the fuck they want because they've earned it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when they say stretch nuts, I'm like, yeah, that's their thing. That's right. well sorry that the only thing i remember is nuts here's the thing to also think about and something i'd written down i think for a later song but there is a 
complete lack of specifics in most of these songs, except for Child Vigilante. A lot of specifics in that one. <laughs> About duking and peeing. Duking and peeing. No mystery in that one. But a lot of these other ones, you don't have a lot of specifics. It's all kind of vague, and you don't know what it is. You're dealing with, like you said, slang and some mythology that's never really properly defined. It just occurred to me Dr. Dreams is probably Fieldy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's calling himself <laughs> Dr. Dreams. He's Dr. Dreams. Okay, that's on me. But a lot of this other stuff, I just you know put a week on it. I went on Urban Dictionary just now and looked it up. Not on Urban Dictionary. Not real slang. I, I have heard it before. I can't. I don't know if it's Luda or if it's Ice Cube, but but it was about... Your ass is so long, put a week on it, was uh, what I recall. Well, then, then well, I mean, that's but a, I, that, that sounds I like went, an actual size situation, though. That's you're talking, That seems like he's so long, a week is long, is seven days, your ass is so long. But that's not what he's talking about here. <sighs> Roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. What does put a week on it really mean? Hashtag put a week on it. Hashtag put a week on it. Um... I I don't know. I, I feel like I'm really bagging on this album, and good. You, know. you are you are correct. The feeling is correct. You are, <laughs> but uh, I hope I'm not. You know, obviously, I don't want to speak out of turn talking about ICP. But I feel like he's going for kind of something over the top, like in the similar style of what they do, and he's not doing it. I don't honestly my. My feeling is that he seems like he's going for more of like an Eminem thing because it's oh, not it. it's not theatrical enough to really meet like an ICP thing. You know, like he never really gets mm. into any sort of like stories like like you get the Cheech and Chong or the Cheech intro on the one song, but then that goes away and you never come back to it. And it never really quite embraces that, but a lot there's a little bits of like sound effects that he puts in that remind me of sound effects in like an Eminem album or an early Eminem album. So that seems to be more of the area in which he's going. Maybe he's going for that like Dre wacky Eminem vibe. I yeah. think so. Um, okay. Yeah. Also, that, that probably follows a lot more. I hear uh, choke on my nuts and all I think <laughs> you say the word nuts around me in mm. a song. Mm. You know, I'm going straight to ICP. That's, I know, that's man. fair. Um, I've done a little internet sleuthing here. And according to answers.com. Of whom I went to. Yes. Uh, put a week on it means to put a week's worth of pay on the large posterior of an adult entertainer in a gentleman's club. Okay. It's on answers.com. So. All right. Answers.com. And it's the top voted answer. <laughs> so it's got to be true. Uh, all right. Let's keep. Let's keep going here. We've got some more songs. Um, up next, we've got Coming From a Friend. This song is dedicated to all the housewife club ladies. You know who you are. If you can't listen to the song with your lady, then it's probably fucking true. <laughs> you want a lady that's a whore, but then she's not yours. If she's the ultimate fuck. I can't get enough You know she's a son When you go to work She's calling me up Wonderful You think I'm a jerk I'm doing you a favor I know the truth hurts So you can suck my dick If you don't like my shit Cause I was high when I wrote this So suck my dick I think you got it 
I'm giving it up. I don't love you, slut. I just wanna fuck. She can't leave it alone. I'm sorry, Holmes. My dick's got a mind of its own. Ain't no stopping me. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I can't stop rapping till the day is end. And then when I go home, I like to eat some beef because a steak is a meal for a man like me. And when I see your butt, I'm going to eat it up. I'm like a Tyrannosaurus Rex uppercut. Yeah, you can't feel it because of my arm's so short. I got a new whip. It's a brand new Porsche. And I went outside because my feet started hurting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Dreams will see you now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, and rapping's cool and the, it is the best. And I like to rap in a bulletproof vest. Yeah. She's not shopping at the mall when she's not with you. She's licking on my balls. That's what she likes to do. She says she likes to hop, <laughs> shop, but she never comes home with anything. Other than a mouthful of ball hair. And that's how you know. I feel these in town. Let me see your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You don't have any shorts that you bought from Kohl's, but you do have feel these ball hair on your tongue. Explain yourself, Margaret. Nose. Boom. Hip hop rhyming. Oh, Oh, man. There you go. There it you is. You always Matt. go out shopping, but you ain't got clothes. But you got a bunch of feel these ball hair on your nose. You know uh, what? He could have used uh, that. <laughs> Where were you. you in two thousand two? He he needed you, and he you weren't you, there for him. Yeah, I um, am so disappointed at the lack of funky. Uh, I thought <laughs> I thought one character was gonna <laughs> love this record, uh, and it turned out to be a Charles Mansion special. Yeah. 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 Uh the uh I wrote in my notes that this song is no evil dick. You know, <laughs> which is the you know, the high standard for um songs but about I evil dick. Ice tea. A hundred percent. There's not a fucking moment that I'm like Ice T didn't do this. Right. Or couldn't if he wanted to. Well, this is an interesting premise that he creates here because it's this idea that Fieldy is going house to house. having sex with housewives who are apparently his words the ultimate fuck okay and and that feels i don't know i feel like maybe one time fieldy had sex with a woman and she was like i'm married and he's like holy shit the ultimate the ultimate fuck and and the, but then I also like I, uh, the line you think I'm a jerk, I'm doing you a favor. What? <laughs> I know the truth hurts. You had to find out now or later, which does tie in later to Fieldy's decision to confess all the terrible things that he's done. To which I had me screaming at the book, "Stop! No! Do not do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" Well, he has anyway. to tell her. Uh, so. Oh man, this is the worst part of the book. Oh my god, okay. Worst part of the book. Well, so, not the worst, the, one of the worst parts. Fieldy has been married four times. Three times. He wasn't married to the woman that he lived with in. Oh, you're right, three times. Yeah. He has yeah. abused all of his wives, which he says. He's like, I never punched them, but I would just like drag them around and choke them and stuff like that. Um, so that's one thing to know. Uh, so he meets his now wife, Dina, 
when she is in high school and he is in his 30s in corn. Um, he meets her at a sushi restaurant. Uh, and he's like, she looked like she was real young. So I was glad when she said she was 18. I was like, cool. And then, Direct quote. yeah. And he can't go to her prom because he's too old. Um, but she wants him to go to his prom. But anyway, he's terrible to her for a number of years. He's the person that she is the person that he describes uh, choking and abusing at the, the opening of the book. So uh, later on when he starts to um, he finds God and he cleans himself up, he decides that he needs to confess everything to her um, because he needs to absolve himself. Don't do it. Don't do it, Field. And so... Hey, Fieldy. Fieldy, hey, Fieldy bro. Don't do it. He, I think it could all be covered with, I've made a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where... I mean, I don't, I don't actually really know. First of all, I would never do what he did. But there's something about, like, how much you... Like, when you apologize or confess something, how much of it is for you and how much of it is for the other person? And this was for Fieldy, like everything fucking else. That's, I think, where I actually fully fell off. All of his apologies, everything about getting clean, all of it, it's all still 100% centered on him and he's the best and he's right and like he's what's up. It's just also like there's never a point at which he like I think really actually reflects on the impact that he has on other people. When he talks about their honeymoon, did you get to that part, Lauren? He's oh, like, I read the whole book. Yeah, yeah. We, we were supposed to go to Venice, <laughs> but I was sick of traveling, so we went to Vegas for a long weekend. I was like, for a long weekend. Did Dina like that? <laughs> Because, I don't know, it was like Florence or something they were supposed to go to. But yeah, he confesses everything, including the time that he like tried to fuck her sister. <laughs> and her sister said no. I was wow. screaming at the book when he's describing this. I was reading the book like with my eyes, like my face turned, but I still needed to read. But I was like, don't do this. Stop. <laughs> ah. And... It was nuts. I just couldn't. And then and the fact of also that he put it in the book. Like in print. In print. Yeah. More nuts. More nuts. More, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I wrote in my notes that this song, going back to the song coming from a friend, that this song is depressing. Especially for the line, your bitch is a whore that's coming from a friend. What? <laughs> Once again, this is this is this mindset. Of just like, I'm going to tell you some awful shit, but I'm your buddy. So it's cool. It's fine. He does you say that, that you can do anything to to a friend. And if they're really your friend, then they'll forgive you. Mm. And that, that comes later in the book. Oh, this is like during right. redemption. He's just like, you know who a true friend is because no matter what you've done, if you apologize, they're still around. <laughs> like, I, uh, I suppose oh, that's okay. one way to think of a friend. Much like he has a loose uh, understanding of vigilantism. <laughs> so too. And, and obviously a real loose uh, definition of codependence. Yes. Jeez, uh, uh, yeah. we got some more songs. Should we listen? To- There's too many songs. There's a lot of songs. You know, it's Fieldy's dream. Um, all right. Yeah. Up next, we've got okay. One Love featuring Angela Rasco. Yeah, back to the way, back to the 
passing on up, up, up to me. Crowds make you hear any feeling the place. Gonna smoke weed all over the place. Uh, getting high as hell. Feels it in the place. He's really swell. He's a real, real good role model. I wanna be just like him. Tokens, fool, you ain't smoking. It's a denial, what the shit do to me? I ain't fuck with no stress. How about we? I'm cracking like corn. Billy, pass me the blunt. Let me stay smoking low. Don't put it down. Pass that shit around. I got pounds and pounds and pounds. Yeah. So crispy. Looks like the K-Man blocked my tree. White window. Silver haze. Super duper skunk and a little hashtag. I got to say grace. We're fucking still <laughs> naming weed. Listen, yes. Matt, we are going to get all the strains of weed by the end of this album. And there's some really good names in here. White Widow, Super Haze, Super Dunk Skunk, and a little hash cake. Little tiny, Aww. little hash cake. Little hash a cake. Little hash cake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love the idea of just walking in going, um, I'm going to need a little Super Dunk, Super Duper Skunk. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of Super Duper Skunk. I uh, no problem. Yeah, you know what's really good with this? Some white widow. Oh shit. Do you guys well, How do you how do you like your high? Do you like a mellow high or like a full body high? I don't want to be able to be aware of my limbs. <laughs> I got you, bro. All right. Listen to up. this while you smoke. One love. I'm coming out of my body. Oh, man. Imagine not being able to feel your limbs and then this song's on. Yeah. I mean, if you thought you were going to get through this song without nuts, you're wrong. You wrong. You're so wrong. You said, I hit it so hard I had to hold my nuts. There you go. There you go. Now, there are no comments on songmeanings.com about this song. But there is what I think is a, a light roast. Uh, in uh, It'll tell you who wrote the song sometimes on songmeetings.com. And on this one, it says, One Love as written by Paul McCartney and John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I enjoy. Yes. Oh, uh, a true classic pop song, One Love. Let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> up next, the song that you needed and expected to hear is called Ortiz Anthem featuring RBX. Still DRE. I'm gonna bounce on your face like a 64 on collar when you see me in the ring and I pop my collar. No, no, you're not. Who's a king or tease a pambala? Adrenaline rush, enough to throw a truck. Before I put you in this pain, I wish you a lot of luck. If you didn't know the scene, and I don't give a fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm like a bull in Spain, tied up for a month. For you, my friend, you're like a sitting little duck. 
You'll never see where I'm in, but you'll feel my uppercut. Ain't no way you're gonna win if you do it's out of luck. I'm gonna pound on your face like I'm tenderizing a steak. Have the paramedics wait while I split your fucking face. I'm a piranha in a lake, you piece of fish bait. Ain't no discussion or debate. Tito was born with his fate. Tito's in the big screen. So, so this song, uh, as you may have put together, is about Tito Ortiz, and this was this was mentioned in the book. Um, yes. And something that I love, I'm just going to read a little bit for you here. This is in the chapter where he's detailing uh, the work that he did on Feel These Dreams, which I should say he does admit when he looks back on it, it's a little cringy for him. So we'll give him that. But Fieldy says, uh, one final song on the album I am especially proud of is Ortiz Anthem, a song I wrote to honor my good friend Tito Ortiz. We knew each other back in the day while I was living in Huntington Beach. He'd become a famous ultimate fighter. His spirit and tenacity inspired me to write this song. When I played it for him in my car, he was speechless. <laughs> and I just want you to imagine Fieldy and Tito Ortiz in a car and Fieldy's like, hey, I wrote a song about you. Do you want to hear it? And then it's this. And he has to sit and listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I wish more than so many things that I could have seen that captured on film and just watch it. He was speechless. He was speechless. What could he say? What could you say? And also, uh, I I love the other the idea that then Fieldy goes, "So you gonna use it at your next fight, right? You gonna you gonna you gonna use it at your, at your next? You fight? know the uh, UFC has uh, real specific rules about the fights and what we can enter to. So, oh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll oh. you know I'll, I'll you know I would love to, all right, straight up. I oh, love okay. this song. All right, this okay. song means okay. a lot to me already. I mean, Fieldy, yeah. Yeah. bro, yeah. You did it. You fucking murdered it on this that, one. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. All right. And by the way, I am speechless. <laughs> speechless. Uh, speechless. There's a lyric in this song that I thought was pretty funny is that it, it creates this idea of of what an incredible powerhouse Tito Ortiz is. That he will split your fucking dome. You will shut up like a monk with the power of his punch incredible but then he says no way you're gonna win if you do it's out of luck <laughs> like it's he couldn't even just like run it as the guy's unbeatable it's like well there is a possibility that Tito Ortiz may lose and in that event it was purely luck like why give him any fallibility just own it's the dream let him be infallible why work in any chance that Tito Ortiz could lose. Dr. Dreams will do what Dr. Dreams will do. Yeah. All right. Dr. Dreams has a little more work to do. So let's listen to some of these last songs here. Up next, we've got Special K Buzz into Blue.
what the fuck is happening. Think you got it bad and your neighborhood sucks. Come to my hood, it's just as fucked. Million dollar homes on every single block. The bigger the house, the bigger the rock. So corrupt and fucked. Kids trying to stab their dad for beating on the kids. It's fucking sad. Women trying to plot to kill the husband. It's just 50 grand. 50 grand. Your pops is dead and your mom says, Here's my new man. His name is Sam. And he died yesterday, man. What the fuck? fuck? Damn. Damn. One day, kid, you understand. Matt, you gotta get to that chorus. You gotta get to that chorus. Do I? You yeah. gotta. So I ran and I ran and I ran. Is there hope? Nope, but there's dope. I hope you understand. It's corrupt as fuck in this neighborhood. It's fucked and corrupt. You think it's all good? It's corrupt as fuck in this neighborhood. It's fucked and corrupt. You think it's all good? It's corrupt as fuck in this neighborhood. It's fucked and corrupt. You think it's all good? Corrupt as fuck in this neighborhood. It sucks. It just needs a little love. Came back home from running away. Open the door. There's Samsung bitch named Bay. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. These wow. are all stories that you're trapped in a room with somebody who's telling you. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, in like, I have met this dude who has like all these like gross ass stories that you can't get away from it's a it's a strange this one's strange because he presents this idea at the beginning and then he's like oh man you think your neighborhood's bad i live in these million dollar houses it's still messed up and i'm like oh well what's he what's he going to talk about interesting conceit yeah all right i'm going to follow this through line you have my attention dr dreams but then it's talking about women plotting to kill their husbands Mm -hmm. and then getting new dads and then that's the that's the fucked up part like they'll be like (laughs) my dad has been murdered and my mother immediately remarried right away yeah and then in the second verse mom gets caught for the murder so then sam now gets a new lady, and it's like now it's your aunt Faye, and then Fieldy sort of twists that into like the you know this is why I'm in trouble every day, beating on little kids, uh, skipping class, selling drugs, getting paid. Perhaps why the words weren't coming out so succinctly is that he was dragging the mirror to point it at society to see themselves. Ah, <laughs> uh, look familiar. Look familiar. See anyone you know? Wow. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, it's, it's, quick cue. Yeah. How respectful of our time is this record? You know, it comes in at 40 minutes and 25 seconds. Which is unbelievable for 17 tracks. Yes. And I mean, we've been talking about this for more than two hours. So, yeah. But we got a book. We got a book in this, too. Yeah, you worked the book in there. And we've only got one more track left. So, Mm -hmm. so let's listen to it. Let's summarize our thoughts on the book and talk about the canon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. 
Fieldy. Uh, <laughs> all right. The last track is called Do What You Feel featuring RBX and Polar Bear. Don't give a fuck what you think. The things that I do, you'll never understand. Me, I'm not you. Get the fuck out my face. Get the fuck out the way. Just drink a case. Been drinking all day. If you think I'm a dick, you ain't seen shit. All up in my face. I can't stand this fucking place. The world we live in is such a disgrace. I ain't one to preach. Do what you feel. I'ma keep it real. Just give me my space. Chill. Take a pill and say grace. For real. It's too much to take. Here's the deal. Do what you feel. Not as I say. Not as I do. This is for real. Fuck being fake. Speak on the truth. The truth has set you free. Let's make a deal. Do what you feel. Get up. Fuck it. Do what you feel. Bring all the love and all me. Get up. Fuck them. Do what you feel. Bring all the love. Bring all the love. Get up. Fuck it. Do what you feel. Bring all the love and all me. Too little, too late, Fieldy. <laughs> I gotta tell you, there is nothing that says madness in the streets like the lyric, get up, fuck it, do what you feel, drink all day, anarchy. There you go. Uh, I really, the the very end of this record, the last... Oh, <laughs> laugh out loud every single time. If you want to go, Matt, to two, I'm going to say 240... 240. All right, here we go. 240. All right. Fuck it, do what you feel. Break all the laws and all me. Get up, fuck them. Do what you feel. Break all the laws. Break all the laws. And these are Fieldy's dreams. Or should I say, Fieldy's nightmares. <laughs> oh. I think it cut it off there, but he goes, boo! And then that's the end of the record. And I laughed out loud the first time that happened. When he went, boo. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. So that was Fieldy's Dreams, Rock and Roll Gangsta. Um, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I agree. Wow. 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 (laughs) Holy shit. Wow. Wow. Just wow. I'm yeah. changed. I'm forever changed. Well, much like Fieldy did change, we have also Indeed. changed. And it, and it does sound like Fieldy kind of got himself on a good path. Although some of the things he describes seem a little bit, um, I don't know, a little fraught to me. He claims that he just quit drinking and drugs with zero withdrawal after the amount that he claims he was consuming is like, I don't know how that's physically possible, but he is Dr. Dreams and I am no doctor. Um, I mean, he seems like he's doing better. I, it looks like he did file for divorce in 2018, but it seems that he's still married. So I guess that didn't go through. Um, as far as I can tell, he's still on the straight and narrow. Uh, I didn't dig terribly deep, but uh, and he tells a really uplifting story about how uh, his relationship to anger has changed because his wife accidentally kicked him in the nuts once when they were fooling around in the kitchen, and he did not choke her. <laughs> so uh, he let it go. Baby steps. He's Baby let it steps. Go. Um. Yeah, um, a big part at the end of the book is that his uh, 
Fieldy's father gets sick and dies, and that sort of starts his um, move over to embracing not really religion, but God and the Bible as a whole, as a guiding point to fixing his life. But the way in which he speaks about the Bible is in a way less like I've discovered the Bible and more of a, have you guys ever heard of the Bible? And it's like, yeah, yeah, Fieldy, I've heard heard of the Bible. No, 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 no. I don't think you guys. I don't think you guys have heard of the Bible. Let me let me tell you about the Bible. And I'm like, no, no, no. I I got. I, I I've heard of it. I've heard. Yeah, Fieldy talks about the Bible in this way as if we have not really ever heard of the Bible. It's kind of heads amazing. up, heads up. And um, Jenny, one of your favorite characters in the book, who you think is going to have more of a part, <laughs> but then he sort of vanishes, is uh, Chief. Yes. Uh, Chief, he says, uh, was a pastor, less of at a church and more of at a gang. Uh, it seemed like there was like a religious biker collection that, that field he spent a lot of time with. And he talks about Chief and how Chief had this huge impact on him. Chief uh, officiated his wedding to Dina. Um, and then Chief, he's like, uh, yeah, Chief was a huge problem. And then, uh, yeah, I guess we just kind of fell out of touch. That happens a lot in this book. Um, he's like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe chief and I'll be friends again someday. So I don't know what happened to chief, but chief is a total biker pastor type dude. Um, and then Fieldy mentions that he was studying to be a pastor for a minute and he stopped, but he might go back to it cause that would be cool. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. His relationship with biblical passages. Hey, you know, um, you think you're pretty rock and roll, pretty punk rock. I'd like to introduce you to somebody who's pretty <laughs> punk rock. Maybe the original punk rock guy. His name is Jesus. You know, I think like whatever. I don't know. I mean, if if God is like what helped him to stop beating up women and like completely fucking up everything in his very life, true. that's very very that's true. cool. But it is, like, funny how he can somehow make that about him and how he's right. And it's, like, all about him still. And he, like, tells Dina when he's, like, confessing. He's like, look, yes, I cheated on you. But here's how you know I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not afraid of you. If it was just about you, I'd be doing it again. I'm afraid of God now. Like, that's what he tells her to comfort her about his change. And I'm not religious. So maybe to me, that just sounds like bonkers and I'm missing something. Like, I could I could understand if that were the case. But I was just like, I don't know if that's going to make her feel better, Fieldy. There's a lot of that. Also, when Fieldy starts reading the Bible... And then he starts talking about reading it again. And then he starts talking about how he's like, I started really like reading it and like writing stuff down. And I was like, Fieldy should just do like a Bible study course. He'd really, I think, have a really good time if this is what he's doing. Like really going through and writing stuff down. Um, get Fieldy in a small group. Get him in. But the the part that I'm, I'm surprised you haven't brought up, Jenny, yet is <laughs> is the wedding to Dina in the book. And I'll just read 
a couple select parts of this. When Chief pronounced us husband and wife, I had a feeling of complete and utter happiness. In my heart, I would be with Dina for the rest of my life. As we turned and faced the crowd for the first time as husband and wife, for whatever reason, all I could think about was how much I wanted to have a baby together. It wasn't about the sex. It was about creating something that would be an extension of the two of us, our love and commitment, and hope for our future. And then, uh, I'll just read the next one. He goes, we really enjoyed the reception. We entered the ballroom of the hotel to Motley Cruz, too young to fall in love. There were two oversized velvet chairs waiting for us that looked like they were for a king and a queen, where we held court for hours. It was so much fun, yet still, all I wanted to do was get out of there to make love with my wife and make a baby. All right. If there are any kids listening, holy shit, why are you listening? <laughs> I'm, I can I cannot stress this enough. Jenny warned me about this. She texted me and said, "Have you gotten to the wedding yet?" And I said, "No." And she's like, "Get fucking ready." Do you want to read this part? Or do you want me to read it? Jenny? You know what? You read it. All right. Oh shit! At the end of the night, Dina and I made our way to our honeymoon suite. She surprised me by having rose petals strewn all over the room that was only lit by soft candlelight. We took a warm bath together before we fell into bed. When we began to make love, I knew our souls had connected in a different way than ever before. It was truly as if we had become one. As I let loose all my little guys, I was positive we conceived not just a child, but our son. <laughs> as I let... So, this book... As I as I threw many a rope, <laughs> while as I tossed a hot batch. Yes. Into- listen, <laughs> listen. I think we got to take a moment to to talk about Laura Morton. We the really do. Co-writer Laura Morton. <laughs> you can doing the Lord's work. She was trying so hard. Like you can tell, there are so many times in this book that you can tell, like Laura's hand is heavy here, and then. You get in as I let loose all my little guys. He was like, it's gotta be that. Laura Morton has worked with Joan London, Mary Lou Henner, Jerry Springer, uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, Hoda, let's see who else, Chris Angel, Danica Patrick, Melissa Etheridge, Al Roker, Justin Bieber, Susan Lucci. You know, and then she's over here writing as I let loose my little guys love it as i tossed a sweet batch into my woman's love pouch i knew we had made a son they're still married guys they're still married and um dina went to the doctor confirmed they were expecting overjoyed with good news a little boy named israel was born he is now, according to my new metal math, I believe 13. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to read the argument, the nut kicking argument, and then I think we can okay. talk about the canon. So recently, Dina and I got into the first argument we've had in a long time. She was sitting on the kitchen counter, swinging her legs back and forth, and accidentally nailed me in the crotch really hard. 
My initial reaction was one of rage. If I had been drunk with that rage, things would have turned out violent. I would have grabbed her by the hair and dragged her across the floor until she cried. Because I was sober, I could make the distinction that she didn't mean to hurt me. Whenever I feel any type of anger now, it's controlled. I think we all have triggers that cause us to behave in an angry way. Even Jesus had them. Just casually tossing in there, I would have dragged her across the floor by her hair until she cried. But because I was sober, I could make the distinction. Like, dude, ah, that's not normal. That is wild. That part really it was it was one of those things also though that this very specific moment that he remembers that he had to bring up again that made me kind of worried about like maybe he is still mad about the time he got kneed in the crotch <laughs> like but uh we get this part near the end where he talks about they um they went to rio de janeiro and they were staying at the copa cabana hotel and they were told do not go outside it is dangerous and Fieldy said, well, I need to go to the ATM. And apparently the Coca Cabana does not have an ATM in it. And so they were going to walk to the ATM. But they got confused early on. Dina said, we got to go one way. Fieldy said, we got to go the other way. They got into a disagreement, ended up walking back to the hotel. And Fieldy then says, I was so frustrated. I told Dina I wanted to go out alone for a while. So then he goes out alone. And as he does, he ends up going to look at the giant statue of Jesus, known as the Christ of the Redeemer. And he sees that, and it's amazing. Then he runs into Zach Wild. He talks to him for a little bit. And as you do. There's a camera crew filming a cooking show. So he got over there to promote the band. And then he got to see the view from the mountain, and it was spectacular. And he's like, I have to admit, I definitely felt the presence of God up there. It was so peaceful that I forgot all about my fight with Dina. I couldn't wait to get back down the mountain to tell her all about my afternoon. <laughs> Remember when I left you? Because we got in that weird sort of nothing argument? Well, I went and did amazing things. How was the hotel room? <sighs> and so, Jenny, you had texted me and you said, this book, after page 200, you kind of feel like, is it ever going to end? Like at first you're like, oh, this book is something. But then at a certain point you kind of hit a wall. And so you think it's going to be over. And you get to the end of this chapter, which is called Here to Stay. And Fieldy says, so now you know all about me. Which, true. I used to think I had a good life, but I never knew what really what that really meant until now. There's a lot of opportunity in the world that is ours for the taking. What you choose to do with the, those prospects is completely up to you. Have the courage to live your dreams. Don't let other people stand in your way of finding real happiness and genuine peace. It's the greatest high I've ever known. And now, with God's love and guidance, I can truly say I've got the life. And I went, there oh, it is. Yeah. There That's it is. The end. Fin- That's the end. I turn the page, chapter 10. <laughs> my diaries. What? He's like, well, anyway, here's my diary. <laughs> it really is a then, shocker. <laughs> and then he brings us these diaries, which if I'm going to be honest, is the best part of the book. Because Fieldy brings up common sayings and asks us if we've ever heard them as if we've never heard them before. (laughs) A failed dream is better than a dream. 
Let me start with taking the word can't out of your vocabulary. And you can. I heard this saying, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. He heard the saying. Stop, stop the press. <laughs> have you have you heard this before? Have you ever watched children's television? <laughs> and um <laughs> So so right away I said, well, this is this is an incredible chapter. Then we go into the next page. Have you ever heard the expression live your life to the fullest? Yep. I can say that I have. He says, Don't waste your life. There are only so many hours in a day, and you can never get those back. By the way, thank you for listening to our two hour plus episode on Fieldy's Dreams. Don't waste hours of your life on the internet or watching the news. You were made to make a difference. When you're eating food, you have to be careful about what goes into your mouth or it could ruin your health. The same goes for what your eyes take in. If your eyes are watching the news, then you will begin to think negative thoughts, be depressed and sad. If you are addicted to the internet, then be careful about what you're looking at. You are putting poison into your brain next line don't give up new line write notes of things you've got to get done new line never stop praying new line nothing is too hard there's a whole bit we can't read it it's too long but there's a whole bit where he says treat life as if you were corn's number one fan pushing your way to the front row and then it is an incredibly tortured metaphor of basically fighting your way through the pit to get to the front of the stage to hear your favorite corn song. But that is also life. The thing that really brought it together for me was this part at the end. There is nothing better or more exciting than telling your friend no. (laughs) If my friend asks if I want a beer, I say, no, I don't drink. If he still wants to hang out with me, then he's a true friend. When it comes to saying yes, that's almost never. If my friend says, do you want to go to the Vegas this weekend? My first reaction is to say yes, but the right answer for me is to say, let me think about it and I'll get back to you tomorrow. When you tell somebody yes, it ends up a mess. Avoid the word yes until the next day or at least for a few hours so you can think about all of the possible pitfalls. Next line, you can make new friends every day, but they aren't really your friends until you hurt them. (laughs) Good Lord. Good Lord. The last line of the book, outside of the the thank yous, is forgive everyone and stop lying. (laughs) So, you know... uh, all right. That All right. is Fieldy's Dreams, Rock and Roll Gangster, and also Got the Life, My Journey of Addiction, Faith, Recovery, and Corn by Fieldy with the ever-patient Laura Morton, um, mm-hmm. who I can only imagine the experience of writing this book for Laura. I'd love to know more about how she felt. Uh, well, we get a, we get a little bit in that thank you where he mentions that their sessions on the phone. He says, "I would like to thank Laura Morton for having patience with me during our exactly one hour conversations and for helping find other ways for saying the word cool." 
exactly one hour. Exactly one hour. After one hour, Laura's like, I gotta go. You get <laughs> one hour. That's all you get. All right. I think it's time for Canon. Canon. Talk about the Canon. Uh, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I would say no to putting this in the canon. Yeah, I'd say no to putting this in the canon. Lauren? <laughs> um, you know what? Um, I would not put this in the canon. Yes. Matt? <laughs> Where to begin? No. Of course not. I mean, I don't know with uh with side project summer if our if it's even going to be a canon play for all of them. Um this is not good. And uh I feel like it's beating a dead horse at this time to keep going on it, but man, I am dumbfounded by who was like, "Bing, that's a hit." Cuz uh Jeff. no. <laughs> Jeff. That was Jeff. 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 Read the room. Uh, yeah. The towers have fallen. Nobody wants this, bro. In fairness, I believe this was recorded in the year 2000. I believe it was pre 9 11 recorded, released post 9 11. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, January 2002, this thing was definitely done by the summer. I mean, plus. We all talk about the summer 2001. Anything was possible. You would listen to these songs and Jeff would say, we got a hit. Mm. Okay. I, I, you know, that's a hard thing to, uh, that's a hard thing to argue with, but they still put it out. <laughs> well, thing to keep in mind, Fieldy renamed the project Fieldy's Nightmare and was due to release a 2008 album called Sobriety, but the recording was put on hold to focus on work with Korn. Wow. Well, maybe someday. Yeah. Um, I would like to propose putting the video for Are You Talking to Me in the new metal junk drawer, because <laughs> it is truly something to behold. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. I, I'd be all right with that going in the junk drawer just because, I mean, they they turn that woman into a giant weed plant and Fieldy is a bong <laughs> or sort of a bong. I don't know. This was a this album was a real trip because, like I said, that first listen was just super funny. I was laughing a lot. And then every subsequent listen, I was like, oh, man, this is a long 40 minutes. So. As yeah. we head towards As hour three. three, hour three, <laughs> talking about this thing. Well, all right. Well, then I think I think that's I think that's it for this first edition of Side Project <laughs> Summer. You know what? <laughs> Buckle up! It's gonna be a long summer, baby. <laughs> it's gonna be a bumpy ride. We can't go anywhere, so we'll talk about uh, we... stuff for a long, 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 long time. Long time. All right, then. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt. Matt. Thank, thank you. you.
Bye bye. When the sun goes down, out come the freaks. Destructive little punk breaking everything I see. Creep in your house and I'll piss on your couch. Tag all your walls till the heads off your daughter's dog. Shave your cat's back is a must. Then I'll watch.